Hi, everyone. There's a few parts to today's episode. Part one, I interview Graham about how he started his podcast. Part two, I give a quick summary breakdown on what I've learned since recording this episode about creating your own podcast. So if you want to learn more, tune in today. This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bet Lucas. Today's episode is all about listening to your heart. And one of the ways I listened to my heart and Graham listened to his, is that we decided to start a podcast. And I hope by listening to today's episode, it helps you listen to your heart, maybe just a little bit more. You know, when I wanted to start a podcast, I had no idea what I was doing. When I tried to explain it to other people, they didn't understand. And it felt pretty, I don't know, vulnerable when I would share it with people And I remember the phrases that I had to repeat to myself. And I want to share those phrases with you today because there is something on your heart. There is. In many ways, that unique voice that you hear that's in your heart, in your gut, when you pray, when you meditate, I believe it's kind of like a foreign language. It's a language that maybe only you can understand and will understand. And the more we get comfortable with that, the more we realize that we can kind of let go of some of that fear that holds us back. Because we used to think, right, that everyone needs to understand our dreams. Everyone needs to understand that voice on our heart. But you know what? They don't. And maybe, even more boldly, they often won't. So I hope by listening to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast, that I inspire you to listen to your heart just a little bit more each and every day, because that's what I'm trying to do. And I've shared with each one of you that I haven't always been good about listening to it. In fact, I've put headphones on, I have shut the door on it, and I have turned away from that heart's voice. And you know what? Maybe you have too, and that's okay. The goal is maybe we take some more positive steps towards it. And so the next time you're journaling, you're meditating, you're praying, you're in the quiet, you're on a walk, try to listen to that heart's voice. And what is it telling you today? And yes, does it mean that it's always going to be as clear as mud on what you're supposed to do next and when and how and why? No. But you can take baby steps towards it, and I guarantee each and every day, you'll lean in and understand a little bit more of that foreign language that is yours and yours alone. Here's a few of my phrases that I hope help you like they've helped me. Less wishbone, more backbone. 
massive and perfect action. Done is better than perfect. Critics are just admirers with a different way of showing it. Nothing happens overnight. Do hard things. Show up. Do the work. No fear. Go live your big, bold life. My friends, I am so honored that you would be here with me because in some ways, you being here is sharing a little piece of your heart with me. So today's episode is a very tactical episode. We are going to tell you the ins and outs of podcasting. That being said, I think no matter what your big, bold life calling may be, I think you might take some inspiration from two humble and perfect people who really set out to pursue a big, bold dream. Keep dreaming, my friends. Keep listening. Thanks for being here. Here's Graham. Welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast. I'm Bet, and today I am joined by a dear friend all the way from Perth, Australia. Graham Curry was our guest on episode 18, and so many of you have shared how his journey and struggle with sugar addiction really touched you and how he was able to cure that and also find so much success with intermittent fasting. Now let's fast forward a little bit, and Graham has now started a podcast called The Fasting Highway. He is also an author, and for those of you that haven't checked out his book, I hope you do. It is of the same title, and again, Graham's story really is a testament to the power of intermittent fasting. And today, I have Graham back for a totally different topic. We aren't talking about intermittent fasting. We aren't talking about weight loss. We aren't talking about sugar addiction. We're actually talking about how he started his podcast because Graham and myself get that question a lot. So I thought it would be fun to start sharing uh, a few stories about how people started their podcast because we all podcast a little differently and many of you would like to start a podcast too or you're just curious how you do it. So today we get to pick the brain of one of my friends and experts in podcasting, Graham Curry. Welcome, Graham. G'day, Bet, and uh, hello to all our listeners, and thank you for having me. So, Graham, how did you know you wanted to even start a podcast? Oh, I guess I was, um, last year, um, I was doing a fair bit of country driving, that sort of thing, thinking about things, and I thought, how am I going to be able to pay it forward now? You know, I've lost all the weight and I've kept it off. How am I going to actually get the message out about fasting and that sort of thing? What are the ways I can do it? And I thought, well, I started writing my book, The Fasting Highway, and I thought, well, the other way I could do it is via a podcast. And I had no idea how to do that. So on this country trip um, beforehand, I'd done a bit of research and I found this um, site called Anchor, which was an app which allowed people to do podcasting and it sounded pretty easy. It's a mobile-based app. So on that actual platform, Anchor, they have a series of podcasts which tell you how to start a podcast, and it goes through every step-by-step in a series of about nine podcasts, which last for about seven or eight minutes. So on this trip, I was able to listen to all those podcasts, and by the end of it, I thought, well, that sounds very simple. So I had the app, and um, 
I got home and I got my mobile phone. So basically all I needed at that stage was an iPhone um, and I had the app. And then I pressed record and started playing around with it and, you know, just talked into it and made a few sort of episodes. And I got my wife and I connected with her on on her sort of um, system and sent the link and did a couple of tests. And I thought, oh, we'll, we'll give it a crack. So that's how I basically got started with it. That's wonderful. And I think your experience is really helpful because a lot of people think they need to have some special equipment. And your first step was to use Anchor and you could just do it on your mobile phone. And I think that's really helpful because I had kind of a different path to podcasting. So I love that you share that. What about your artwork and and that side of things, did you already have that because you were writing a book, so your album cover, or did you have to create that and did Anchor help you do that? Yeah, Anchor helped you do that. You basically just, it says create an album cover, you get a photo. So I had a before and after picture. And I mean, you know, things evolve and that sort of thing and you can do anything you like with it really. You can, it depends on what how much time you want to spend. You can create something in Canva for the art artwork um, you can put the name of your podcast on there and that's really important too for people when they are doing artwork for your podcast it makes a big difference because there's so many podcasts and people flick through them and if you have a sort of catchy cover and that sort of thing people will stop and I guess if you're looking at a, a weight loss or an intermittent fasting podcast and you, you see a picture of a guy like me that's you know was obese and he's lost all that weight then you, it might catch your attention but in hindsight, uh, yeah, I probably would uh, do a different cover um, because that really helps you get up the rankings too of podcasts. And I know you have such a great cover and that really helps. Well, it's interesting that you say Canva because that is actually where I designed my cover. And I had all of these headshots I could use. And I ended up using a headshot that I didn't get professionally done. But Canva is such a great um, instrument and tool, I think, for people with podcasting, but anyone who's doing any sort of web design, graphic design, it's just I've loved using it and it's so user-friendly. So that's good though to know that Anchor did it as well. And I also love your point that there's sometimes we do things and we would have done them differently, but you got to start somewhere, right? You have to, you know, you got to start. And I, I sometimes look back at something and I'm like, oh, I would have done that maybe a little differently. But if we get bogged down by perfection we never do anything right (laughs) yeah that's right bet and i think you've got to start somewhere and and you know you just work through the process of that and then as you go you can tweak you can change things just like intermittent fasting you tweak and you change things as you go podcasting is no different and i think one of the reasons when you are starting a podcast you got to ask yourself why you want to do it and as i mentioned i thought well how is i going to get my message out but and i just thought it was going to be something where if people were able to listen to a few people talk about it, then, you know, they may start it or they might get the motivation to start. So that was my primary driver because I used to get so frustrated. I'd see people and, I, you know, that were obviously in need of some help, but you just can't walk up to people in the supermarkets and, you know, on, on the street and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, the best way to do it is do the podcast, do the book, get the message out there. And then the next step is, well, how do you do that? How do you actually create a podcast? So, yeah, they were the steps. And 
once I initially got to the stage where I thought I could record an episode, I thought, well, who am I going to talk to? How are you going to get guests? Um, So I really wanted to talk to Lou, my wife, uh, in the first episode because Lou had obviously lived the journey with me. She'd seen every sort of step of the way, and I thought, well, she's probably the perfect person to explain what it's actually like to live with somebody living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. So, And she'd been so supportive, and I thought, and it's really out of Lou's comfort zone to do that, but she agreed to do it to support me. And and I think it was a good choice to do that for my first episode because if something went wrong, then obviously, you know, it was just in-house with Lou and myself. I love that. I think that's really an important first step. And I'm sure you were less nervous because you were doing it with Lou. And I found that the first few people I had on my show were friends or were people that I trusted or were people that I felt like I could really be myself around and not be too nervous because it is a little bit, you know, I was a little nervous the first few times, you know, this was all new to me. And even as someone who speaks in front of people and I, I do that regularly, it still was a new thing that I hadn't done before. Um, so I, I think that's a really good point. So how often do you publish an episode, Graham? Uh, well, I started off just doing one a week, and then um, I think after about 10 or 12 episodes, I just had so many people either contacting me or I saw such great stories out there. I thought, well, I can do one a week, and maybe I can do two a week. So I started doing them bi-weekly, and I have been doing that for a while, but I will say that two a week is a lot, and um, you know how long it takes, Bet, to some people think, well, a podcast only takes, you know, 30, 40 minutes and that's all it takes, but that's not right because you have to contact the person and all the work that goes in it and then you do the recording and then if you do your own editing, that can take a lot of time. So really one podcast can take a few hours for a 40-minute podcast in, in theory. So two a week is a lot and I've been doing that for a while and the demand has been, yeah, it's been been crazy to be honest. I um. I have a lot of people contacting me, and and that's the thing too. You've got to draw up a bit of a list about who you think's going to be able to help your audience, um, mm-hmm. and what message you want to portray. And we all have our dream guests or our get guests, as you, if you call them. And obviously, you know, you go to the go-to people in the subject you you are trying to get out there, and and you go to the experts in the field, that sort of thing. So, Graham, you brought up a really good point, and I think it's something that someone who is considering doing a podcast has to realize the amount of time that they are willing to dedicate to this, and that's going to play into how many episodes a week they want to do, a month. I mean, I have friends that podcast, and they do one a month. I have friends that podcast that do two, two a month, but like you pointed out so clearly is that each episode is not just a half an hour worth of time. It is. It can be hours of time, at least for me, between the editing, the planning, then advertising about it after the fact and telling people about it and getting the word out. Because if you don't get the word out after the fact, sometimes people don't know you have a new episode. So I think that's really key. Yeah, it is. And um, I know when I use the Anchor platform, that they do the distribution for me. So I don't have to worry about that. I mean, the only one I had to sort of do was the 
Apple Podcasts, where, as you know, you've, you've got to apply to them and send your RSS feed to them, and then they accept it, and that takes a little bit longer when you first start. So Anchor will set it up, and they'll go to Spotify. Obviously, Spotify and Anchor are owned by the same people. Um, and then it goes out to all the other platforms like Google Podcasts, that sort of thing, Himalayan app, you name it. They do all that distribution for you. So as you first couple of weeks of your podcast, your distribution is basically done. And then it's your job to promote it, as you said, because if you put a podcast out and you don't actually follow that up with any promotion or let people know, then how are they supposed to know that it is out unless they're subscribed? And that's important too, to always tell people to subscribe to your podcast so they get a little alert might be by email or that sort of thing that there is a new episode out yes i think that's huge and i find that consistency i think is the most important so no matter how many times you decide you're going to do it really running with that and being consistent like i really find for me it works really well to say i publish an episode every tuesday now doesn't mean you have to do one every, you know, every week, but people then know to look for it. And even if they're subscribed, yes, it will pop in their, their phone and let them know, but it, it causes kind of a trigger to say, oh, every, you know, every this day is when the Fasting Highway podcast uh, comes out or every Tuesday is the Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. So I think that that's been something that I have found is really helpful I also, um, in terms of hosting and different things, I record mine on Zencaster, and I believe you do now too, but then I used Resonate Recordings, and Resonate is the one that they charged me, but they did all of the, the setup. They reached out to Apple Podcasts for me. They did a lot of the the initial grunt work, I would say. And that was really helpful for me because I literally didn't know what I was doing. So they did a lot of that setup on the front end for me. And Jin actually was the one who told me, hey, that's who I'm using right now. You know, reach out to them. And they will also edit if you want or do different uh, sound things. But you don't have to use that service, but you can. Um, so do you host your podcast currently through Anchor? Is that, would that be considered a host as well, your hosting site? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I do use Anchor. So now I record on Zencaster and, and why I do that is with Anchor is a mobile based app, right? So you can use your phone and the downside of that is you, you can't, you can invite friends through the mobile app network and talk to them through your phone. Um, and you can actually plug a decent mic into your phone. I'll talk about that in a second. But you can't do like a USB-type mic, which I'm speaking on now. So I use the Zencaster platform because I'm able to plug in my uh, AT2020 USB mic into this, and it's a lot better, clearer sound, as you can hear. So then once the file's downloaded on Zencaster, I'm able to extract the MP3 or WAV file and then I can go back to the Anchor platform and then upload that file into the Anchor um, and then do the editing and have it all set up ready for um, final production and then out it goes. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, I like you. I agree. Sound quality is much better with a USB connection and it's much better 
like I can even tell your quality. You're all the way in Perth, Australia. We're, we're, you're on the other side of the world from me. And it sounds like you are just down the street. It does not sound, you know, there's no muffling, there's no background, there's no kind of sizzle in your connection. So I think that is also really important. And thank you for referencing your your microphone. I use one called Blue Snowball. Did Where did you buy your microphone? Was it just on Amazon or did you use a certain site? Uh, well, actually, I was talking to Jin Stevens about it and the same microphone that Jin uses. Um, so I went to the electronics store here and I bought one. I think from memory it was about 170 Australian dollars, something like that. And then the other thing is you you get the microphone and then you bring it home and then you think, well, it's just got a little stand that it sits on on the table and then it wasn't very stable. And then I thought, okay, well, I've got to go to the next sort of thing now and you get like the big studio arm um, that holds the microphone. And then you have what's called a shock mount. So with the shock mount, so if I'm to bump the table, like I'll just give you an example here. You hear that bumping noise. Um, so sometimes if you've got a shock mount on your microphone, that won't affect it. You won't hear those little bumps and grinds in it. So, And it's also a stable system. It's on a, on a pivot. You can swing it around. You've probably got one yourself. I don't know. But um, I find it really great. And I think the quality of the microphone, and with the Anchor app with your phone, you can either talking to your phone. I mean, the iPhone has a great mic just on its own. You can hold your mic. If you go to Anchor, you download the app, and then you all you've got to do is press record, start talking, and then listen back to it through your earphones. It will actually sound okay. But if you want that real depth sort of studio-type recording, you can get a microphone like this. But with the Anchor app and your mobile phone, there's a company called Rode, R-H-O-D-E, they have some fantastic equipment for recording things like podcasts or if you're doing videos on YouTube, that sort of thing. So there's a thing called a Rode interview kit, which comes with a splitter, which plugs into your phone. It's got a lightning connection. And then you can plug in a lapel mic um, and then just clip it onto your shirt. And then you can have also a output for your headphones as well. And that's all just into your phone. So then it also comes with a, a second lapel mic. So if you're interviewing somebody in person, you both have these lapel mics on and the depth of sound and quality is much better. So there is a way around that with a mobile phone if you want to improve it. But the actual microphone and the iPhone is uh, quite high standard. Now, Graham, I've always really enjoyed your intro music. How did you find your intro music and did you pick that through Anchor as well? Yeah, they have a selection of music on there that you can um, get. And I thought, oh, well, it's, you know, sounds pleasant. It's uh, called Rue Savine is the um, the title of the clip of music. Um, and then they have cheerful, calm, tranquil, all these different sort of genres that you can pick music from. And because they're connected to Spotify, you can actually use clips of songs that, um, you know, aren't breaching copyright, copyright, sorry, uh, from Spotify that only like you know, 15, 20 second clips. Like I was originally going to use the Down Under, you know, the Australian song, I Come From the Land of Down Under. Yes. And um, just the opening intro of that and the closing intro of that, which is a, a great song. And then um, I thought, oh, well, I'll just, I'll use this Rue Savine and I quite like that. So yeah, that's, I think you've got to be consistent with what you do as well because people get to know that. And a lot of people have commented that they 
they like the calmness of the intro and the outro. And I think it's important to have music when you connect with your podcast of some type. And then as you are leaving as well, it just gives that sort of close off feel. And I think that's just a nice finish to the podcast. Another thing people probably don't realize too is with a lot of podcasts, um, introductions are pre-recorded or, you know, the outros are pre-recorded as well. So then the interview is a separate entity as well. And then you put it all together. So that's why sometimes you get a bit of flux in that sound level of the intro, which may be a USB mic when you're doing that. And then you may be doing the actual interview with somebody via an app like Anchor on your phone, all that sort of thing. So there could be a bit of variation in sound. And it depends how much money you've got to spend in that type of thing and how much time you've got to spend on editing. Because, you know, a 30, 40 minute podcast, it depends on how it flows. And it could take you a good couple of hours to actually put it all together and, and edit it. And one of the things, Bet, is really important when you're talking to your guests about giving them a series of instructions about what to do. And you probably do that. I know you do that. And just letting them know things like, you know, have a really quiet space. Um, Try to have a good quality USB plug-in mic. It doesn't even have to be a great quality. It just has to be, you know, a decent sort of mic. You can pick up on Amazon, some of them for $20, $30. And use your desktop or laptop. Try not to use your phone. Um, and then you just have the instructions about don't move around, don't shuffle papers, rattle keys, you know, make sure the dog's okay and he's not going to bark and, you know, and all the kids are being looked after and, you know, it's just a quiet atmosphere for you to actually record. Yes, I agree because these mics can pick up quite a bit. And even I noticed if women have their hair down and they have sometimes even the sound of their hair hitting the mic or earrings, or it's just things you don't think about. And actually a funny story, one of my first podcast recordings, my iPhone watch, I had turned off everything, you know, silenced everything. And then my iPhone goes, my iPhone, my Apple watch started buzzing and I'm chucking it across the room. Like I'm throwing throwing it because I'm like, oh man, really? I thought I had thought of everything. Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying the episode so far. I wanted to tell you something exciting. Graham and I are giving away two copies of his book called The Fasting Highway. If you want to enter to win a copy of his wonderful, inspiring book all about his healing journey of intermittent fasting, where he lost over 100 pounds and gained so much back in his life. Check out all the details by joining my private Facebook group called Motivate. The link is in the show notes. All the details for the contest are there. Now back to the episode. Graham, let's talk about guests. So you have this podcast. You have kind of your wish list of guests. But I'm also sure that you have people that ask you to be on the show as well. How do you balance and decide what guests you want and how do you pursue them? And then additionally, how do you handle maybe a more difficult component, which is people saying, Graham, I want to be on your show, and not saying you don't want them on your show, but maybe it doesn't flow right now with your current content. Maybe you've had a similar story. Maybe 
maybe it just doesn't fit. How have you handled both of those scenarios? Sure. So guests, obviously, you want guests that are going to be fit your ethos and your own sort of, you know, standards and how you see things as well. And obviously, most of my guests I've known for a little while through the fasting groups or followed their stories or that sort of thing, or I'll see people that have got amazing journeys and I'll contact them and say, hey, look, you've got a great story to tell. How do you feel about coming onto my podcast? You know, um, and I think that's one of the things when one of those anchor podcasts tells you about that, you know, how to set up the podcast, it actually tells you how to approach a, a person. And if you want a really high profile guest, then obviously, you know, I was lucky I know a few people uh, in the intermittent fasting world that are high profile. So I'm, I'm friends with them. So I'm able to sort of talk to them. But, you know, I even tried people like Dr. Jason Fung. And uh, it was quite interesting. I got all the way to his office and I got to his PA and that's as far as I got. And she thanked me for my uh, efforts, but said at that time, uh, Dr. Fung wasn't interested. But the point was that, you know, if you're not going to have a go at getting the people that you want and you take the time to write a letter, maybe just write a standard letter about your podcast, who you are, what you're trying to achieve, um, who your audience is, that sort of thing, and tell these people that you really, really love their work and you respect them because you know a lot of people um that are high profile and that sort of thing you would not believe the number of them that will actually want to talk on your podcast right and because they want to get their message out too and they're not and a lot of these people don't have egos so big that they don't think you know that you're below them they actually think, well, yeah, I'm quite flattered that you approached me and you took the time to do it and you did it in a way that was polite, respectful, and it depends on how you write these sort of letters, if you like. So I've done that and I've also, you know, approached people, you know, in the groups, that sort of thing and said, hey, I really want to tell your story. You're amazing. Um, and most people I've spoken to have agreed. When people approach me, it's a bit different because if I don't know them, then I need to know a bit about their background. So I might go as far as to stalk their Facebook profile or something. And I'll give you an example of that. I had a guy contact me and, and he had a great story as far as intermittent fasting went. But when I went and had a look at some of his social media stuff, there was some pretty ordinary sort of stuff in that. And I thought, well, that's not the ethos that I want to sort of get across in my podcast because if people go and check him out, they're going to think that I endorse that sort of thing. Right. And then I've had companies contact me, um, you know, that I've had companies contact me that sell like intermittent fasting powders and supplements and all this sort of thing that want to talk about it. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to talk about intermittent fasting supplements and powders while people fast. I mean, I believe in clean fasting, so why would I want to do that? So there's a polite way to sort of decline that too. Um, you know, there's there's a balance. So I haven't had anybody sort of, get out of joint or anything like that because I've said, oh, look, you know, and, and mainly my issue is I have a big waiting list now. I'm, I'm sort of six weeks out. Yes. And when you start recording, and as you know, you've got to have a few shows in the can because things happen in life. Like, you know, um, you could be put out of action. You might have to have an operation or something could happen like yourself. You just had your sixth child. So you were out of action for a little while. So you had a number of podcast episodes that scheduled and ready to go. So 
you've at least got to have a month's worth of podcasts ready to go. So sometimes your guests might record with you and then they'll get back to you and say, oh, when is, when's my podcast hearing? Is it going to be next week or the following week? So, well, look, well, actually, it's going to be in four or five weeks' time. And then they go, well, hey, you know, a lot of things change in four or five weeks. So that's where the show notes come into it. And you can actually, if something's happened in that time, you can write a little update, that sort of thing. So the show notes are important too. So when you ask people for uh, a bio or an introduction, you've got to be clear on that because you only have so much room and time to edit something that they may send you. So make it really clear that it's got to be written in the show notes type of sort of way. Get them to go and have a look at a few. Keep it down to about 250, 300 words, just the basics, just to lead into the show. Otherwise, you'll get you know three pages of A4 um, that you've got to go through. I think that's really, really helpful. And I loved your perspective on the guest side of things. And I think it the other point that you made was that it's important to, I think, before you launch and as you are starting to publish episodes, to have some episodes done and ready to go. Because you're going to think like, oh, I have plenty, I have plenty. But like you said, there's there's unexpected things that happen in life. And it's really nice to have, you know, kind of a month or two months or a couple weeks or what, however you define that of material ready to go. So you're not always working last minute. And I, I love that advice. Um, so with, you've talked about the cost of your microphone, what is the cost you're currently uh, paying or, or what are your kind of costs right now between Anchor, Zencaster, and the other things you've mentioned? Do you mind sharing that, Graham? No, not at all. So Anchor, no cost at all, completely free. It's a free app to use. They do the distribution for you. It doesn't cost you anything. With Zencaster, I use a system now where I pay $20 a month Australian. So it's probably, I don't know, about $15 American uh, a month. And so I find that really great because after I record, what happens is it downloads into solo tracks and it downloads into what's called a WAV file and also an MP3 file. So then you get two sets of solo tracks. You'll get me talking, you'll get the guests talking. And then once you've downloaded those, you can just press um, final production and so they mix all those tracks together for you on Zencaster and give you a final. And then I'm able to just download that and go to the Anchor platform, uh, click your episode, create your episode, and then bring that file back into the Anchor platform and load that up. And then I can put around the music. So what you'll do is you'll have a trailer. So that's the first step, um, just circling back to when you create your podcast, you obviously have a trailer. So that trailer may be anything from, you know, some people's trailers are only 20 seconds. Some people's trailers are a minute. So I think mine's about, you know, about a, about about a minute, just maybe a bit longer. So it just tells people a bit about you and your show and what you're about. And then you have the intro music. Let's now transition into the importance of reviews and the importance of, you, you mentioned already that you asked people to subscribe. What other pieces of advice do you want to share as we're coming to a close here? Yeah, obviously reviews help. Um, yeah, so if you can ask people if they can leave a review, 
Um, most people uh, open to do that, so that really helps you get recognised on the charts, that sort of thing. It helps grow your podcast. It helps other people learn about your podcast, so that's an important process. Uh, I think really it's just you know getting that audience involved and never forgetting who that audience is. And as your podcast grows, I mean, when I first started my podcast, I thought, well, my initial goal was if I can get 500 people to listen to my podcast in a couple of months, then that's great because that's 500 people that may not know about my subject, intermittent fasting, and get a few people started. And then that started growing and growing and growing. And then I started last August was when I started. So I'm about five months into it now. And just currently last night, my podcast just passed the 80,000 plays. And then that's in over 90 countries around the world. I mean, you see some of the countries where people listen to it, you know, and I, I had a guy contact me and he was in the Antarctica Research Station. And I thought, how on earth does a podcast like mine get down there? But it's important to know that too, that your podcast has a bigger reach than what you think. Because once it's out there into the stratosphere, you have people all over the world that are able to access. Anybody that's got an internet connection can access your podcast. And that's also important to know you may have a website for your podcast, um, you know, just a basic WordPress website, something like that. Um, I now have a, a podcast. Um, I load all the podcasts onto my website, thefastinghighway.com. Uh, and what I noticed there in the analytics that a lot of people actually just go there and they can play it straight off the uh, website because they're all Spotify files and they just click play and away they go. Or if I want to find your podcast or Jim Stevens' podcast, then I can use Google to find them. I just put in the name, uh, Intermittent Fasting Podcast, and they'll all come up. So there's lots of ways to find out where people's podcast is. But I think in general, the important thing to know is know who your audience is, respect that audience, always thank them, always be respectful. And I can't tell you how thankful I am to everybody that listens to my podcast because it takes time. And I mean, how one of the things with editing, as I mentioned before, is I find if you are a podcaster, a good way to do that is to listen to the raw file when you're doing something else away from your desk. So that may be driving in your car, like you become a listener, so to speak, or I usually go for an hour walk. So most days, so I'll listen to that podcast file on my walk and I'll listen to it as I, a listener would. And then I'm able to pick up the imperfections. I'm able to pick up the things I need to edit. And then I can go back and as I go along, I'll make a mental note of what minute that edit was. It might be the 22 minute mark. So I know I need to go to 22 minutes and fix that. So there's sorts of tips you can do. But in general, um, don't be afraid. Be bold is what Bet's podcast is about. Being bold is certainly a a thing podcasters have to do. One of the things I had to get over was things like imposter syndrome. You wonder if you're good enough or whether your voice is good enough to podcast, that sort of thing, because um, everybody has a different voice. You know, so I notice most of my listeners are in America, um, probably about 80% of my listenership is in the States. Then after that, it's probably Australia and the UK. So yeah, make sure you know your audience and what you're about. But just give it a go and you never know who's going to listen to that podcast. You never know what they're going to be able to take away from it and you'll never know what they're going to learn from it. And also important to have disclaimers in your podcast, particularly if you're talking about things like you know, intermittent fasting or anything medically related, make sure that you have somewhere either on your website or something like that, that you're not a doctor and that that information in your podcast should not be used as medical advice. That's quite important. 
I loved all your advice today. And the only thing I think we didn't touch on is, you know, you talked about some of the costs that went into podcasting. And I know some people are curious how to recoup those costs. And some people try right away to get ads on their podcast to do that. They try other modes. What has been your advice to people when they say, Graham, how do I recoup the costs for this? And do you recommend pursuing advertising right away? Well, I think in the initial stages, no, because it depends what you're doing it for. I mean, I wanted to do it because I wanted to pay it forward. I wanted to help the people that helped me. And I wanted to get my message out and I wanted to tell people about intermittent fasting. It wasn't an exercise I wanted to make money on. But after a while, when you realize how much time it takes and, you know, if you're doing two podcasts a week like me, you know, that's 10, 12 hours a week of your time. And if you're a person that, you know, you may go to work, your hourly rate is what it is. And, um, and if you've got to take that time out, then it's, it, it's costing you money to do it. And I think people need to understand that a little bit with podcasting. But one of the things I didn't want to do was have a podcast that was full of ads and messages and, and sponsors and that sort of thing. And, and for some people, that's important. I understand why, because they need to get a return on investment from their, their time. But you also need to take some moral ground on the types of advertisements that you may get approached about. I mean, I've had people contact me about, as I said, intermittent fasting powders, um, shakes, uh, pills, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And I've just said politely, no, thank you. Um, Even though it was, you know, a few thousand dollars involved. And I thought, well, I'd rather not put that type of advertising in my podcast. I mean, you know, something suitable comes along one day, then never say never, but and particularly if it's only a very quick thing, but also if you are a person like me that may be an author and you have a book out there, I mean, to me, that's enough. You just have to mention the fact that your book, The Fasting Highway, is out there on Amazon. I mean, to me, that's that's an ad because you may get some return on investment from that. So I don't actively pursue it, but I, yes, I have had a few approaches and you need to be careful about what you actually decide you're going to do because if people are listening to your podcast and you're saying that you're an advocate for clean fasting, for instance, and then all of a sudden an ad comes on for weight loss shakes or powders, then that doesn't make you look that great out there. I think all of that is such good advice to end on. And I do think that anyone who may be interested in starting a podcast, you just gave them so many tools to check out and to evaluate prior to starting one. So Graham, I can't thank you enough for being here. And if you want to learn more about Graham, go check out his podcast called The Fasting Highway. You can learn more about his fasting journey on episode 18 of Big Bold Life podcast. And you can go check out his book on Amazon. So thank you, Graham, for being here. And I wish you all the best, my friend. Oh, thanks so much, Bet. And um, maybe in the future we may be able to collaborate and teach people how to how to do this once we've had quite a bit of experience ourselves. I love that idea. Let's do it. Okay. Cheers, Bet. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope it helps you if you are interested in launching a successful podcast. One of the things I want to reemphasize is that before launching, take as much time as you need 
to visualize, strategize, and think through the topics you want to cover, the guests you want to have, and kind of your main pillars. For example, my main pillars are living boldly in the areas of health, career, and family. And my main pillar is health. The next step after you visualize that is then taking those tangible steps on how often am I going to have an episode? What equipment do I need? For example, headphones, a microphone, a quiet place to record. Then you're going to need to create your podcast album artwork and a brief description that will be attached to your podcast. Last but not least, you need to have the technology component. What platform are you going to record on? Zencaster, Squadcaster, and then what platform are you going to host your podcast on? For example, Anchor, like Graham uses, Resonate, like I use. Some people use Stitcher or Podbean. There's all sorts of options out there. I hope you find this quick and brief summary helpful. Last but not least, one of the things I didn't share about in today's episode was editing, and I'm meaning self-editing my episodes. I started doing more of that as I got more and more comfortable and I started to understand more and more about podcasting. So I downloaded a program called Audacity. And in Audacity, I can do some kind of simplistic editing. And simplistic being because of my skill set, not because of probably the capability of Audacity. But it's free and I love using that as a resource. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, you guys. And I hope... You will find me here every Tuesday on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, vetlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.